I'll say, bless the Lord. If you'll say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Well, good evening, Kairos. I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here. Um, if it's your first time with us or you're just getting to know us, um, this is part of our family rhythm. About once every five weeks, we pull way back uh, at the end of a series to kind of celebrate and remind ourselves of the journey we just take, have taken, and then we come to the table together. Um, our job tonight is not to impress you, uh, but to impress upon you the beauty of the gospel and the glory of the elements that we can take and find the, f the fact that Jesus sacrificed himself for us. Uh, it's night like this where we really lean on your congregational voice, um, and it's night like this that we're reminded what the Psalms teach us, that regardless of where we are emotionally, we continue to pray and we continue to praise straight through all of that that we don't have to withdraw or withhold any of those things uh, from the Lord. So a couple things that you need to know uh, about tonight um, as we get ready uh, to gather at the table. Um, one is uh, we're gonna just kind of celebrate the word Eucharist um, is <laughs> not on the screens, um, but <laughs> that was that fake out for you, I'm sorry. Um, Eucharist is one of the terms that we use for Lord's Supper. It's a Greek word that literally means thanksgiving. And so we're going to come to the table. We're going to thank the Lord for what he's done. And we're going to celebrate um, the journey that we've taken so far. So if you haven't been with us for the past four weeks, we've been marching through Psalm 31. So we're just going to remind ourselves some of the things that we saw in Scripture together. And you may understand some of those if you haven't been here. You may understand some of them if you have. But either way, it's all online. You can go back and watch it. If one particularly piques your interest, like what did you mean when you say that, feel free to jump right in and take a look. But I'm going to need your help tonight. So we had a couple bottom line statements that came straight out of Scripture, like into your hands, I commit my spirit. And so I'm just going to prompt us, and then you're going to fill in the rest of those phrases. So you're going to help me preach the sermon tonight. And then like any good pastor, I'm gonna need my wife to help me preach it tonight. Uh, so Audrey, if you'll come up. Um, Audrey's gonna help me read through Psalm 31. We'll take it in sections, uh, just like we did through our series. Um, and then we will gather at the table together. So before Audrey reads our first section of scripture, let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see? and ears to hear. Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? And together we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. Psalm 31 begins like this. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Free me from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. 
Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. I'll say the word of the Lord, if you'll say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. So that's where we got the series title, Into Your Hands. Um, And the first picture uh, that we used when we were talking through this is of the Chilean miners. We told the story about how the Chilean miners got caught in a cave-in in Chile, but a note came up saying, we are all safe in the refuge. But we also fast forwarded to the life of the Chilean miners and realized a lot of them were having a difficult time readjusting to life as they knew it. And we asked the question, maybe the miners are in need of a second rescue. And that kind of the word picture and that story kind of encapsulated into your hands, I commit my spirit. And so whenever you hear me say into your hands, that's gonna be your cue to say, I commit my spirit. So let's practice it. Into your hands. Wonderful. So the question we asked is, how do I move from being a crisis Christian to a committed Christian? When we cry out with the psalmist, into your hands. You guys are doing great. The psalmist also reminded us that we need God to be our hiding place and our climbing space. So a hiding space, we said, this was a place where that you are safe and secure in the arms of God, not only to survive, but a place that prepares you to thrive spiritually. And then we ask the question, where do you go to feel safe and secure in the arms of God? Where and when do you consistently retreat into God's word and into prayer? Where is the place of refuge that you can echo in verse two, incline your ear to me, O God, or loosely translated, Psst, Dad, I have something I want to whisper in your ear because we're in our hiding place. I know I have your undivided attention and you have mine. We also needed a climbing space because we know one of the reasons that we don't move from being a crisis Christian to a committed Christian is we don't know how to move from our hiding place to our climbing space. Many of us know how to hide in God for our safety, but how many of us know and are willing to climb with God in order to find our strength? Like the Chilean miners, many of us need a second rescue. And so we pray, into your hands, Lord. I added Lord there, I know, I'm sorry. Did that throw you? It threw me. It's so tough sometimes. I didn't mean to add to scripture, please forgive me. God forgives, when will you? I'm sorry. I'm really trying to keep the personality under wraps. It's not working. I know, it's bad. And when you're up here, I just feel so judged. All right. Back to serious Eucharist service. Three, two, one, go. Because we need as much grace to follow Jesus um, as we did to find him, and we need as much courage, if not more, to let God lead us as we did to let God find us. So how do I move from being a crisis Christian to becoming a consistent Christian? Into your hands. So how do I move from hiding in my sin to hiding in Jesus? Into your hands. And how do we move from our hiding place to our climbing place, into your hands. Amen. Then we moved on to into your hands, I commit my brokenness. If you'll read that text, please. 
I hate those who cling to worthless idols. I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbors. I'm a dread to my friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten by them as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. For I hear the slander of many. There is terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. The word of the Lord. You missed one verse. I did. Yeah, we The last verse. I'm not judging you. I am. I'm just not condemning you. If you'll go back and get it real quick, it's like the... <laughs> it really helps. I'm going to turn this way. <laughs> Verse 14 says, well, I'll just go back and read verse 13. I'm so off my you, game right now. For I hear the slander of many. There is terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs> so for that one, we did, into your hands, I commit my brokenness. And the word picture we had was the Japanese art of kunsigi. And this is the art that doesn't get afraid of broken pottery. It actually reveres it and reserves it for a special art form. They get an epoxy and they mix in gold powder and they paste it together and adhere it back. And a broken piece that has been refurbished with gold is now more valuable than the original and that was a good picture for us of the glittering gold of the gospel, how when we put our brokenness into the hands of a living and loving God, he will heal, he will redeem, and he can make all things new. So then we talked about the fact that we had a dream for this place, that this room is full not of just broken people, but shimmering and shining gold because the children of God were faithful and fearless to commit into the hands of God their brokenness, who transforms your guilt and sin into the gold of the gospel. And all of this will happen because we will be brave enough to pray and practice into your hands. I commit Good, but it's a difficult journey and few of us will take it. Most of us won't because we're scared and there are easier options than placing our brokenness in the hands of a loving God. We hide it, we laugh it off, or we just rearrange it. We hide it, we kick it back underneath the couch, we sweep it under the rug, and we try to pretend it never happened, and if someone comes across, of it, across it, we don't take any responsibility for it. The unexamined consequences of our brokenness, we wind up just saying things like, that's how I am and will always be. We try to laugh it off. <laughs> Look at what happened to me. <laughs> Look at what I just did to you. Oh well, no big deal. 
Let's all just agree to laugh at my brokenness and I'll just make the deepest pain and sin of my life into a joke so you and I can have an unspoken contract that I'm not taking my brokenness seriously and seriously, don't you keep me accountable to change. Or we rearrange it. We slap some glue on our brokenness and we rearrange it into a different picture to show to the public. And sometimes we're even praised for that because it has value or it looks pleasing but please don't get too close because the closer you get, people start to get cut and hurt on the jagged edges. And those who get the closest to us are in danger of being cut the deepest. And so we hide rather than hurt, we laugh rather than lament, and we rearrange brokenness rather than let God redeem it. But what if there was another option? What if we choose to pray into your hands What if piece by piece we can place our brokenness in the nail-scarred hands of Jesus? When we practice into your hands, we can live into the mystery of how the gold of the gospel transforms brokenness into beauty, victims into victors, and slaves into sons and daughters of the king who willingly and relentlessly confess into your hands. And then we took a look at what it was like to place our times and our futures in the hand of God. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, O Lord, for I've cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame and lie silent in the grave. Let their lying lips be silenced. For with pride and contempt, they speak arrogantly against the righteous. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. The word of the Lord. So the picture we had of this was trying to catch a wave. We told the story about Addie, Gail, and I at the beach and getting ahead of it, lagging too far behind it, but then catching it just at the right time. And one of the things that we wanted to say was, you are my God and my times are in your hands. So let's practice that. You are my God and... My times are in your hands. Wow, now that's good. I'm getting better at this and you are too. This is fun. Uh, Into your hands, we commit our ability to catch the wave of where our chronos and our kairos collide, where our time and God's timing meets. Into your hands, we commit this and we confess that oftentimes, God, our own ambition has gotten the best of us. In our impatience, we went ahead and we crashed, we churned and we turned, we tumbled and we fumbled in the feebleness of our own strength and power. We confess that we have then lagged behind because we are prone to be faithless and fearful creatures. But we confess that we will wait for the wave and when it comes, we will charge it. We will ride the waves of your mercy and your grace, trusting that the ripple effect of our obedience will produce tidal waves of sacrifice and significance in the kingdom of God. But I trust in you. I say you are my God and but I trust in you. 
Watching and waiting is no longer passivity, but part of the process because you are my God and because I trust in you, testing and trying each opportunity and challenge is no longer frustrating, but freeing because you are my God and but I trust in you. Let your face shine on your servant and save me with your steadfast love. And I will cry out, how great is your goodness that you have stored up for those who worship you. I say that you are my God and amen. And then we looked at our final section of scripture and learned to trust our call into the hands of God. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from the intrigues of men. In your dwelling, you keep them safe from accusing tongues. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me his wonderful love when I was in a besieged city. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart all you who hope in the Lord. The word of the Lord. So our picture here was we looked at the life of David and watched him go from the shepherd's field to the battlefield to the open field of his kingdom where he ruled and reigned. And we said, into your hands I commit my call. Let's try that together. Into your hands. Great. Um, David reminds us that uh, God calls us to rule and reign with him. And a lot of us, we have dreams and goals, what it will look one day to live into our anointing and our calling with passion and purpose. But let's not forget or despise the fact that before David got to rule with a scepter, he had to learn how to lead with a staff. Before he cut down his enemies with a sword, he had to learn how to use his sling in service. And before he wore the crown of significance, he had to bear the cross of suffering and sacrifice under Saul. But praise be to the Lord, for he has shown me the wonders of his love. Be strong, take heart, all who hope in the Lord. So don't despise the shepherd's field because God always wants to cultivate my character so that I can bear the weight of his blessings. So I pray into your hands, Don't retreat from the battlefield because there are things worth fighting for and things worth fighting against to bring about God's will on earth as it is in heaven. So I pray into your hands and don't shy away from suffering and sacrifice because every open field of opportunity God gives you and me comes at a cost with suffering and sacrifice and a cross to bear. And so I pray into your hands. Amen. So that's where the journey that we've been on, and we just wanted to dive deep into our scripture and marinate on that before we came to the table. But one last thing I'd ask you to help me out with, we'll put those four phrases that we found in scripture um, over the past four weeks. Would you just take about 30 seconds and ask the Holy Spirit, which one of those do I need to most pray and practice in my life right now? Where is the place that I'm most prone to forget and most tempted to trust in myself rather than you?